The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Lindsay Horvath is the longest consecutively serving mayor of West Hollywood, leading the city in 2020 and 2021. She was elected to the West Hollywood City Council in 2015 and previously served from 2009 to 2011. Councilmember Horvath has a long history of civic and social justice advocacy. She's widely known for her work advancing the rights of women and LGBTQ plus people, as well as creating age-friendly, sustainable communities. She is now the frontrunner candidate for the LA County Board of Supervisors, endorsed by Supervisor Sheila Kuehl, who is retiring. Good morning, Councilmember Horvath. Thank you for being on the Blend Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? Good morning. Thank you so much for having me as your guest. I always love coming onto the show. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, of course, as, as most people listening know that you're also a candidate for LA County Board of Supervisors. Yes. Yeah, and you are uh, sort of up for District 3, yes. um, formerly um, Supervisor Sheila Kuehl's district. Yes. Who's in, uh, endorsed you, by the way. She has. And so many people have been joining our team. We're very excited. We were recently endorsed by the LA County Democratic Party. We were endorsed by the Democratic Party of the San Fernando Valley, the North Valley Democrats. Um, we're just really excited about how many people are joining our team. Uh, we've been endorsed by Senator Connie Leva. We've been endorsed by the Sierra Club. Um, our team just keeps growing. Mayor Garcetti. Yes, yes, well, of course. Supervisor Mayor Solis and yes. uh, James. Janice Hahn, yeah. Yes, they've been with us for a little while too. Those are some of the more recent ones, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, we're, our team has been growing and I'm just really proud that it reflects the diversity of our district and of our county. We want our team to be something that people can see themselves in. And so we're really excited about everybody that's joining the team, yeah. Fantastic. So I wanna sort of talk as if, um, you know, some of our listeners may not be as familiar with the LA County Board of Supervisors do. We know the, the kind of influence and the kind of responsibility lays on the shoulders of the supervisors, but a lot of people are sort of confused as to what they do. If you can give us sort of like the Reader's Digest version of that. Sure, let me see how I do. Um, I, you know, the way I talk about LA County is that it is the social safety net for 88 cities plus the unincorporated area of our, of our region, of our county. So that's all of the city of Los Angeles, 87 other independent cities, and then unincorporated area that is directly overseen by the county supervisors. So there are actually areas of each district that are not incorporated into another city. And so the in those cases, the um, supervisor for that district is essentially their mayor. They work with the planning department on any proposed developments and land use issues. Um, and so in addition to um, how it functions as the local government, there are more than 20 departments 
in LA County that serve various needs of all of the residents and stakeholders here. So uh, from homelessness and housing to mental health and public health, we certainly know the role that public health has played during this time of crisis. Um, it's the criminal justice system, foster care, child protective care, um, and uh, we also have an office of sustainability that created the county sustainability plan. We have the office of diversion and reentry um, as part of our criminal justice efforts, but not directly under a department. It's under uh, the county CEO's office. We have uh, LA County Assessor's office, and I know you're friends with Jeff Prang, who does that work. Different than the county tax collector, as he'll remind you, but that tax yes. collector is part of LA County's. Uh, services as well. And so, um, so many, uh, all of these departments, so many people, more than 100,000 people in the county uh, work day in, day out to provide these services and care and support for people. Um, you know, often LA County is the last resort that people have to turn to for housing, for transportation, for food security, for healthcare. So it is essential that LA County really understands how to get those services delivered to people at the local level, meet people in their neighborhoods, understand their concerns, and work with them uh, to make sure that they have what they need. And that's why I got into this race, because I come from the local level. I've seen in my community where the county has been great, where the county has significant room for improvement. I also served as president of California Contract Cities Association. So I saw through the lens of other cities who contract for services with the county, this very same thing. And so I think it's really that perspective that is critical. You know, people who have been doing this work on the ground, seeing where those gaps in service are and how we turn that into action. Um, that's what I've done for 15 years at the local level in my community. And that's what I'm prepared to do as county supervisor. And I'm really excited about this opportunity to partner with people in their communities to find those solutions together. Fantastic. Um, that was a really thorough uh, explanation. And just sort of to give people um, a perspective, the, the LA County Board of Supervisors is responsible for allocation of just a tremendous amount of money. Um, yeah. So this is a very important race. You know, this is, this may not be the most high profile election, uh, you know, item on your ballot, uh, but it is uh, extremely important if you live in, a, in LA County to really pay attention to your candidates, uh, learn about um, Council Member Horvath and what her um, you know, top priorities are and her views and uh, what she's planning to do. Which let's go into that. So let's go into like the. Top. I just want to touch on one thing that you said though that our budget at the, in LA County is nearly forty billion dollars every year. So nearly forty billion dollars are spent at the county level, in theory, to improve the quality of life for Los Angeles residents wherever you live in LA County. So it's not just Los Angeles city residents, all of Los Angeles county residents. So that's a lot of opportunities, a lot of, uh, a lot of investment directly into services that if you don't know about them, that's not good. But more importantly, we have to make sure that they are meeting you in your community where you need them most. And so you're absolutely right to raise that because a lot of times people focus on the mayor and that's an important race. They focus maybe on their city council members because they understand you know, the impacts 
effects of certain land use choices or other things in their neighborhoods. But the county supervisors are, are critical to delivering those services at the local level and being a partner with your mayor, with your city council, with your local city staff, with people in your community to deliver services. So um, it's a really important role. So if you live in cities that are incorporated, like Pasadena and Glendale, yes. uh, city of San Fernando, Malibu, yeah. yes, this is still your race because it's LA County. So I know some of you think, uh, oh no, it's not, we're not in LA, we are in, uh, you know, Arcadia, but no, this is, this is something you have to pay attention to. Yeah, so Burbank and Glendale and Arcadia are not in my district, but oh, San Fernando well, and Malibu district, are in my district. Yes, but as, as so they are part of LA County, you're exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right. And so tell us your district though, the map of your district. Oh my gosh, it's enormous. Listen to this. So it's part of Hollywood. Um, the area sort of around the Hollywood Bowl and then west of Laurel Canyon as you go up uh, into the valley. But starting um, at the su most southern part of the district, it's part of Hollywood, West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, Century City, West LA, all the way to Santa Monica. Uh, it scoops around uh, Venice and Palms and sort of a Culver City adjacent area. And then it goes up into the valley. So Malibu, Agora Hills, the Topanga area, um, all the way up to Westlake, Hidden Hills and Westlake Village. Um, and don't forget, you know, the areas just above sort of that southern area. So Bel Air, um, Palisades, you know, all of that. Uh, all of that Hills, yeah. Yes, Holmby Hills. And then you go over to the East Valley, you have Pacoima, Silmar. It goes all the way north just to Olive View. Um, we got uh, in this district where uh, we now have Granada Hills, we have um, Porter Ranch, um, but everything down through the Central Valley too. So uh, Reseda, Winnetka, Sherman Oaks, um, parts of Studio City. I mean, it is an enormous district. It is more than 2 million people in this district. We have the beautiful gem of the Santa Monica Mountains. We have uh, challenges of the Santa Susana area that needs to be cleaned up. And, uh, you know, the folks in Porter Ranch are hopeful about um, some change in Aliso Canyon. But, you know, there are issues throughout the district that will require this supervisor's attention, they must be addressed at the county level. So um, it's a really big district with very diverse interests and needs. And so you need somebody who's ready to roll up their sleeves and do the work and be out there in the community with folks, not just kind of sit uh, sit back and attend a meeting once a month. You know, it's, it's not a, I've heard people describe this as, you know, the best seat of elected government. And I'm really excited about it, but not because I'm looking for an easy way into government. I'm looking to do the hard work that people really want to see government do to change their lives because people are working too hard and struggling too much in this day and age. And we've seen you do that in your, in your you. current uh, position in your many, many years of public service. We've seen you more active than I would say most elected officials. I'm not afraid to say that. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Without, without naming any names. So let's talk about the top, you know, there's so many issues, obviously, but let's sure. talk about the top uh, items on your agenda that, you know, you're going to tackle as soon as uh, you get into office. Absolutely. So issues that we hear most consistently throughout the district um, include obviously homelessness and housing, the challenges that we've been facing, the crisis that we are in and who's going to fix it. Um, how do we keep our community safe? What does safety look like? How do we afford it? How do we make sure it's safety that we can trust? 
Um, how do we get people back to work and good jobs that afford themselves and their families a good quality of life, get their businesses back open after COVID? How do we reach a point of stability rather than being worried about uh, mandates and shutdowns? How do we uh, build out our regional transportation infrastructure? Because as a supervisor, I will also have a seat on the Metro board to talk about um, you know, what services Metro provides and must provide in order to get people to the places they need to go throughout the county. And of course, the existential threat of climate change and uh, what that means, what we can be doing on the ground and the impacts that we've seen from extreme heat to wildfires, um, you name it, uh, access to clean water, uh, you know, no more do I think we're going through periods of drought. I just think we're in a time of drought and we need to be more mindful of how we're conserving our water and all of our resources. So, um, so there are a lot of challenges that we have to face, but then there are also very unique um, unique circumstances to each neighborhood that I've been hearing, whether it's how we deliver mental health services, whether it's, you know, as I mentioned a bit about wildfire safety and how we help people get the investments they need to harden their homes and keep themselves safe. How do we uh, clean up areas that have been polluted and, uh, definitely uh, have folks in neighborhoods very concerned about the impacts on their children and their personal health. How do we make sure that uh, people are getting the services and support that they need on the ground and, and that we're dealing with the homelessness crisis, as I mentioned, um, but making sure that those services are tailored to what people need. Um, some places um, have seen the rise of encampments and people living in those encampments. Some people have seen um, more people wandering around on the streets with mental health issues and, and that are not being addressed. Some people are not uh, having access to um, addiction recovery and uh, substance use disorder facilities. And so how do we make sure that we get people into the right kind of care in the right kind of way that keeps them safe, that keeps our neighborhoods and our families safe, that protects our, our um environment in our neighborhoods and our quality of life. And I think these are a lot of the challenges that people are facing. But you know, we also know that um, as people are looking for how do they put food on their family's table? How do they take care of their kids? How do they make sure that they have uh, resources for necessary healthcare costs? Um, so, you know, uh, community clinics and access to county health ho uh, hospitals, um, you know, so many services that people rely on in the county. Um, you know, we have to make sure that all of those are being met. And I think, you know, after this time of crisis, you know, we're not just recovering from COVID and how it's impacted us over these past couple of years. We're recovering from a system that was broken long before COVID. And people are feeling the impacts in a devastating way now. And so we have to really step up and center those people who need our help the most in our work and make sure they're cared for while we uh, continue to build an LA County that we can be proud of. Yeah, you, you, um, some, two of the things that you mentioned are sort of two, two of the items that were on my list to talk to you about. And one of them is uh, something that's sort of on top of everyone's list, I feel like, which is the unhoused, the homelessness issue and such. Yeah. It's such a, it's a, you know, it's such a tough issue because mm -hmm. um, despite, despite some people talking about it as if it can be solved just in LA, LA City, LA County, California, Southern California. It's not. It's a national issue. It's a. It's a. It's a nationwide issue. It's just that a, a lot of the unhoused are in California. Half of the unhoused in the states 
are in California, and a lot of them are in Southern California. So we have uh, this massive challenge that <laughs> it's just not really up to one elected official to solve. I don't even know if the word solve or solution is really um, relevant to use, but to work on and improve and get to the next level. You know, there have been some work done, but uh, obviously we have a lot more to do because it's just not meeting, it's not meeting the, the challenge. Yeah. And it's also a balancing act because uh, no matter, I feel like elected officials are always caught in between this sort of <laughs> trying to keep everyone happy at the same time, which is impossible. Yeah, you, you can't know, do that. If you, if you, if Keeping you, everybody happy, you're not doing anything and that's not good. Exactly, so. exactly. So I do, I understand that the challenge of really tackling this uh, mm -hmm. because uh, there's so many viewpoints and, and everyone wants the best solution for them, for their neighborhood, for their street, for their house. And, and that's just not going to work. So what, what, what are some of the tangible things that you plan to do that you mm -hmm. see are some, um, some challenges that are facing us? Yeah, so I think we have to meet people where they are in their communities and understand uh, the different needs and issues and the ways that homelessness has touched their community in, um, in ways that are similar to other areas and then way, in ways that are unique. You know, the executive director, former executive director, obviously now um, recently resigned, uh, had a lot of frustration um, uh, with LASA. And uh, I, I share that frustration because I think LASA has an enormous responsibility placed on its shoulders without the appropriate authority to take action. It came out of a court decision, but it is uh, accountable to the five supervisors, the 15 council members, the county CEO, and the, and the Los Angeles city mayor. When you have that many bosses with different opinions as we see on a regular basis on other issues, it's challenging to see how they're supposed to answer all of those issues without a legitimate partnership and without um, understanding of what's going on in the ground. We have to make sure that the resources that have come out of measures Triple H and H in the city and county respectively are directly seen, um, the results are directly seen in people's neighborhoods. That investment needs to um, be manifest, otherwise people aren't going to continue to tax themselves and give the county and the city money to address issues of homelessness and housing if we don't tackle them in ways that they can see. And so what we have been doing in my community is, um, you know, we have employed street teams. We contract with services that also contract with the county. Uh, these services offer often hire people who themselves were unhoused. So they have that direct personal experience. They go out every day of the week, meet people where they are, talk about the services that the city or the county provides um, and what's available. They understand, you know, they ask questions to understand uh, what people need in that moment, perhaps they need housing, perhaps they need a shower, perhaps they need addiction recovery, um, you know, and they, we provide them with transportation, we contract with, um, with different organizations to provide housing services, you name it. And but that's not going to happen by people just going to an office somewhere that is far from where they are. Um, you actually have to go out into the streets and meet people. And LA County does have some street teams that go out, but uh, but just providing somebody a pamphlet of information, in my opinion, is not enough of a contact, is not enough of an effort to help people move 
right. from a, a situation on the street to safety in housing and in a community. And so in some cases, people have you know been unhoused for an extended period of time, have now found in their minds safety in community um, with others. So sometimes it's not just about getting one person into a housing unit, sometimes it's about getting six people moved at the same time because they've now become a family or they've become a community of support. And so how do we look at the individual unique circumstances um, that exist within unhoused communities and how do we address those in a way that meaningfully meets their needs but effectively gets them off the streets and into care um, and and that's what we want to do and so we've been doing that in my community um, for uh, a number of years now and and year after year i I'll ask our our staff you know how are we doing tell me our numbers and we we get reports and about um 80 percent of our unhoused population some years it's just under some years it's a little over um but we're about to get we we are able to get about 80% of our identified unhoused population off the streets into housing services and care. Um, the trouble is the broader region continues to have this epidemic issue. And right. so um, as, as soon as we get people off the streets, there are more who come into our neighborhoods. When people praised the sheriff, for example, for going into Venice and cleaning cleaning up Venice, whatever that means, um, we saw that uh, a lot of people who were unhoused in Venice came to West Hollywood. And some of the safety issues that um, that uh, people saw in, in Venice, um, we started to see in our own community. So it's not enough to just move people around. We actually, in my community, follow through to understand where people go, what service has been received, to what end, and how do we keep them um, in a system of care that ultimately helps them get back on their feet? Additionally, we build um, we build permanent supportive housing in our community and provide housing options within our city, while we also uh, work to um, have housing options um, that provide people the support and care that they need depending on their issues. And of course, we know in my community in West Hollywood, uh, uh, many LGBTQ youth um, uh, come to West Hollywood for safety. Many of our unhoused youth identify as LGBTQ, about 40% we're told. And so we have um, you know, specific needs um, so uh, of a population. So we contract for service with, for example, the LA LGBT Center to help address those issues. So it's culturally competent care. It's meeting people where they are. It's understanding what they need and providing them with the kind of care and support that's gonna help them uh, feel safe. So um, that's what we need to see LA County doing more of, getting out in the streets, providing that care and being, um, very aggressive in terms not not in terms of uh cleaning up the streets, but in right. terms of helping people and serving them. And we've seen examples of that where um, very consistent, intense service providing has allowed people the safety, security, and presence of mind to move off streets and into and into situations that, um, that are much more long-term sustainable and good for their health. And that's what we want. And um, I think LA County certainly has the resources to be able to do that. Um, sometimes we just need a, a different way to approach it. And I think coming from the local level as I do, um, and before my uh, service in my community, I was a grassroots organizer. So, you know, 
it's, it's what I know going out into community, talking with people, understanding what they need and, and helping to meet that need and get the service out of a downtown office is, is very important. This is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with council member Lindsay Horvath, who is also running for the LA County Board of Supervisors. And now, you know, we, we're hopefully recovering from COVID. Oh. One knows, doesn't know what's happening, but let's say hopefully we're recovering from COVID and it's taken a huge toll on just not just human life, but our economy and, and such. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, you know, recession is cyclical and every 15 years we go into it, you know, yeah. it's, and it, all the signs indicate that we're going to, you know, have uh, some sort of an economic downturn. Mm-hmm. And that coupled with the fact that real estate uh, prices or rent um, are astronomical already, you know, that's uh, sort of creating a lot of challenges for, for the next few years to come on top of the, the unhoused mm-hmm. when an average one bedroom is like 2,500, you know, yeah. in, yeah. in, in uh, greater LA. Uh, it's, um, I think there's some even more challenging times to come economically as well. Are there any sort of proactive ways that you see to tackle this? Yeah, I think, I mean, this is something that I think about constantly. I'm a renter myself. I am still paying off my student loans. And, you know, while I uh, look to take care of people, I also look to my lived experience. You know, I am fortunate in my set of circumstances, but I can relate to, you know, the things that are um, topics of uh, kitchen dinner table um, you know, discussions, we need to make sure that we are meeting people's needs and really listening to what people are looking for. Um, You know, a lot of times people uh, don't engage with government and people complain about voter turnout or this or that, but a lot of times it's because they don't know what what government is doing for them or they, they are so focused on their lives, having to work two, three, four jobs just to make ends meet. They don't have time. They're just hoping that the people who hold these positions of power take seriously the role and responsibility they have to deliver for them. And so I think these issues are most um, of most uh, importance to people right now as we look at um, what will happen with our economy on a national level. We look at you know the day-to-day impacts of things like the cost of gas, the cost of groceries, um, and how do we make sure that people are able to uh, weather these economic challenges and continue to provide for their families. So we need to make sure that people are making a wage and provide and provided um, health care and resources and benefits in their jobs that allow them to protect their personal health, knowing that they can take a day off from work uh, to be sick so they can take care of themselves and not be sick while they work is important. It should be essential and that should be a program that's provided at the national level. However, that's not the case. And so at the local level, um, many cities in the county, um, even the state are taking actions in some cases, um, but really it's at that local level, how do we provide that um, level of service? So um, I think thinking about how we provide uh, free or affordable accessible healthcare 
How do we provide uh, food uh, resources and nutrition supplements and um, access to healthy food? How do we um, make sure that people are able to get themselves into good jobs and get support and employment support, job training, getting into a career that allows them growth opportunity so they can provide for their families? I mean, these are all things that we are worried about on a regular basis. And in my community, you know, I stepped up to provide hero pay for our frontline workers in groceries and in pharmacies. Um, I authored our policy to have project labor, labor agreements on um, our muni municipal projects to make sure that um, they are done by people, by skilled labor who are receiving benefits um, that are appropriate for their skill set and work. Um, I've supported our, our hospitality workers who have been in our hotels, again, impacted at the front lines. And again, even before COVID, dealing with issues like sexual assault and harassment harassment and lack of safety. Um, those issues existed before COVID. And now, um, you know, people are trying to get back to work so they can take care of their families. How do we make sure that those workplaces are safe for them to do that? So there are a lot of ways what you have raised um, it has been manifesting in people's lives. I've heard the heartbreaking stories of people who are like, I have to go back to work so I can take care of my kids. And I, all I want to do is just work hard and take care of my family. And I, and that should be enough. My commitment to that should be enough that our social contract, that should be enough, right? That people are, are trying to take care of themselves and their families. That should be enough. And for the people who need that little bit of help, that's wow. where LA County comes in. That's and I think everything you outline again, you know, the, the point I was trying to make to people listening is that there's a lot at stake. And uh, you may not have been familiar or as familiar about what the County Board of Supervisors do, but uh, they are really essential. In fact, um, a lot of council members and other elected officials locally really uh, look to the supervisors for funding and other type of leadership. So um, it's really important to decide uh, who you're going to vote for before you start filling out your ballot which brings me to this you know endorsements are important and endorsements are uh, promoted because basically when an organization or an individual that's well respected uh, endorses someone uh, it means that a collective body has has said this person meets our values and we think that they're the best person to take this position and Councilmember Horvath's um, case, uh, they're countless. I was going through your website and I just couldn't get to the end <laughs> to, to take notes. And that's really important. So my last question to you is this, um, what, is, what are the fundamental differences between you and, your, and the other candidate? Because it's basically between the two of you right now. Yes, we're in a runoff, the two of us. And, um, Thank you for highlighting the endorsements, uh, not because I'm uh, not for any sort of personal achievement, but the people who have joined our team are remarkable people. I am honored by every endorsement that we've gotten, um, that people believe that 
the vision that we share, that the team that we've put together, that the way we're approaching these conversations is how they want to have them in their own neighborhoods and their own families and their own communities um, is really gratifying. And I'm excited because it's not just how we're going to win this race. It's how we're going to change the future for LA County. All of those people who are joining me on this trail are going to be in that boardroom with me. They are going to be the people who help inform my decision making. They are going to be my advisors. They are going to be people I turn to. Now, I want to say also um, that when you look at our endorsers, uh, we were endorsed, for example, by the mayor of Palmdale and the mayor of Compton on the same day. So make no mistake, we have very different points of view reflected in our endorsements. And I highlight that because we want to see, we want everybody to be able to see themselves in our team. And we want to see different points of view. So when I'm making decisions, we don't see, you know, we're not um, suffering from unintended consequences. We're looking and trying to challenge our blind spots. We're trying to be inclusive and see things from multiple points of view before we make those decisions. And so, you know, I, I would just say um, my opponent has attacked me for some of my endorsements, for, you know, people who are on my team or saying they support me. And I think we should be focused on, first and foremost, the issues. Secondly, I think we should be focused on what people really need. In my, uh, in my case, you know, I hear consistently um, how concerned people are about climate change and the impacts that we've seen on the ground. My opponent, who has served in Sacramento in uh, several leadership positions there that come with a lot of power, has whenever given the opportunity to make a big decision on shutting down Aliso Canyon, on creating disclosure around uh, the um, settlement agreement at, for the Santa Susana cleanup, he's always voted against the community. And, you know, you don't have to guess where he's going to go when he's given the opportunity in a position of power. He's going to go with the people who are lining his pockets, the fossil fuel companies, the bail bond companies, you know, all, all kinds of um, special, interests. Yeah. special interests that people are just really sick of polluting their politics. In my case, I come from the grassroots level. You can see I'm kind of a, I'm just telling it like it is kind of person, you know, you can, anybody I want to be able to talk to, I want people to know that my office will be accessible, that we will have people in our office that reflect the, the diversity of the county, but who are also interested in their issues and will be seen in their communities. They don't have to come to an office to get the services or the communication that they need. And I think that, you know, we really want to transform how we meet people where they are. Also, I have the experience on the ground working with uh, small cities and working with people in their neighborhoods. We don't like Sacramento coming in and telling us how our neighborhoods and how our way of life ought to be. So this is a real big opportunity for us to say, you know, to somebody, uh, for example, who, um, you know, voted to tell us how to build, how and where to build housing, you know, that we want to address these issues at the local level, that uh, we also want to take care of people and the ways that make sense for our communities. We don't want to be told by Sacramento, you know, how our communities need to change to their whims. We need Sacramento 
and the county to be investing these the many resources they have in our safety, in our security, and in upholding our way of life. And I think that's very important. Um, so, you know, that's the place that I come from. I'm not somebody who's, you know, I, I was outspent three to one in June by, uh, by my opponent. And despite that, we're about three points away from him and the final results. Um, since that time, uh, supporters of our other opponents um, have been uh, coming my way and I'm very gratified for that. But it's mostly really about those day-to-day -day conversations. How do we meet people in their daily lived experience? Um, that's what set me apart uh, in this race. You know, it's yeah. that local level perspective. And I can attest to that for those listening is, uh, and don't expect this when she's a supervisor, but as a council member, first time I heard Lindsay give out her cell phone number, I was like frightened. <laughs> What is she doing? She's going to get so many calls, but that's how accessible she is. She really uh, talks the talk and walks the walk. Um, I have seen her do that uh, throughout the years. Um, but again, do not call her when she's supervisor. Unless <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. I, I like when people reach out. You know, that that's the thing is, you know, I've heard people say, you know, I didn't think to call you, um, even though you gave me your number, I didn't think to call you because I thought you'd be so busy. But that's kind of the point is we want to be in communication. I might not be the person who always returns your phone call, but it gives me the opportunity to make sure that the need that you are calling me about is met with the service that you deserve as a resident and a citizen of our community. So I'm excited about that. Um, and thank you for saying that. But, you know, I'm excited about all the people that I'm getting to meet along the way, the issues that people are helping me understand um, that um, either have been met by the county and they want to see that service continue, or they haven't seen sufficiently addressed by the county and they have ideas about how to do it. Um, creative problem solving is, is exciting to me. That's why I want this job. Fantastic. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with council member Lindsay Horvath, who is also running for the LA County Board of Supervisors. Before we go, um, if you would sure. uh, first tell us your specific needs, uh, you what you want from the public in terms of support, like uh, if they go to your website, what are some of the, the needs that you have? Is it volunteer work? Is it uh, making donations to your campaign or maybe something else? And then if you can give us your website, your URL. Absolutely. So the most important thing is to vote. We need you to vote in November. So please, please vote. And we start, obviously, I hope you'll vote for me, but I just really want people to vote because it's so important. So many people died for our right to vote. So many people in other countries don't have the right to vote. Um, so it's very important that we do that. Um, I would love to have volunteers on our campaign campaign helping to make sure that we reach each and every part of this district because it's enormous and we uh, need to talk to all different kinds of people at all different times so we're going to need a lot of folks to help us do that you can go to our website which is lindsayhorvath.com l-i-n-d-s-e-y H-O-R-V-A-T-H.com. You can email me at Lindsay Horvath, the number four supervisor 2022 at gmail.com to get more information about our campaign as well. On social media, we're at Lindsay P. Horvath. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, and uh, make sure that you engage with us. Of course, we're fundraising. So uh, for people who are moved, who are so inclined and who have the resources to do so, you can also do that at our website. Um, 
or reach out. We'll be having lots of different events where we uh, get to connect with you in person. But like I said, the most important thing is for people to turn out to vote. I know people are working hard and spending their time so many places. Your vote is something I treasure and I hope you'll share it with me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, council member, for being uh, on the show. Of course. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, good luck. I don't Thank think you need it because I think uh, <laughs> you know, you're in a really good place, but we still need some work to do. We have some work to do till November. And as she said, uh, let's all vote and uh, go to uh, lindsayhorvath.com and uh, you know sign up and get more info and learn how to donate so that uh, Lindsay is not outspent one, two, three, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to see that, but you know, it's clear that our message works. So as long as we keep telling our story and uh, we keep letting people know what we're going to do for them, um, that's what's going to make the difference. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. That was my interview with council member Lindsay Horvath, uh, whom I've had the pleasure of knowing for many years. I've seen her work, her dedication to the city of West Hollywood, you know, up close. Uh, and I'm very excited that she is uh, running for LA County Board of Supervisors. Thank you, Councilmember Horvath, for being on the show. Uh, hopefully, we'll chat again before the election. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. Tune in next Monday at 6 a.m. for another episode. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami. The Blunt Post with Vic.